0: Hello friends, welcome to Waterworks podcast number five and this podcast is on peace and creating space with Ben Weidman who is a campus pastor for the Third Way Collective at Penn State University. Welcome Ben.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Well as always we're going to jump right in and get started. Um, So Ben, why don't you tell us about yourself and how you ended up in State College.
1: Yeah, I'm a Mennonite minister. I grew up in southern Ontario uh, in the Mennonite faith tradition and uh, went to Eastern Mennonite University for college. Uh, I I grew up in an area that didn't have a lot of Mennonites and so um, I found myself really throughout high school trying to uh, explain that a Mennonite was just the same kind of Christian as all the other traditions and it really wasn't until getting to college being around uh, people kind of teaching the tradition and uh, classmates and professors who were from that tradition that i realized it actually is a fairly distinctive tradition and had some values that i really wanted to claim as my own Mm. so that shaped me pretty deeply uh, and and made a significant transition from sort of a defensive posture to try and rationalize how mennonites were exactly like everyone else to Uh, you know, owning some of the things that I think are are unique and special Mm -hmm. about my tradition. Um, From there, I went to Fuller Theological Seminary and did an MDiv there. And at Fuller, I uh, ended up doing an internship at Occidental College in Los Angeles, working with their Office for Religious Life and discovered that I really loved working with college students and loved being in interfaith spaces where People were wrestling with their identity uh, away from home for the first time. And to be able to be a pastor and walk with people at that moment in life felt really really sacred and really special. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked as a a pastor for youth and young adults as my first kind of placement in the Mennonite world at a a large Mennonite congregation in the Southerton area in southeastern Pennsylvania. And then uh, after a number of years heard about a church and state college called University Mennonite, that was dreaming about doing their own campus ministry at Penn State University. And so I put my name in as someone who had interest and ended up being hired to launch what became Third Way Collective at Penn State.
0: So tell us about what it's like to launch something that is new and yet could be considered the same at Penn State, because Penn State's a big machine. It is. you know, a big place where there's lots of different people and lots of different groups. And so tell us a little bit about what that's been like for you.
1: It is a big place and there's lots of different groups. There are 1100 clubs and organizations and there are 60 plus faith groups on mm-hmm. campus. Um, so really early on, the people who are interested in this endeavor from University Mennonite Church did some good, healthy background work to think about, you know, what does the campus still need in, in spite of having all of that? And one of the things they noticed was that while there were all these different faith-based organizations, there wasn't really a Christian perspective focusing on peace and social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular congregation here in State College um, leans heavily on that part of their Manonite identity, a call to a sort of Christ-centered peace and justice. And so it felt like a natural fit to say, okay, if we're going to do a campus ministry, let's do that instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would have Failed miserably. Uh, had we just said, let's try and do a Mennonite flavor of what everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. uh, we're offering something I think that no one else really is. And, you know, it's not wildly successful, but it is meeting a certain segment of the student body uh, in a way that it just wasn't happening mm-hmm. before we began two and a half years ago.
0: Cool. So for this segment of this student body, um, What does Third Way Collective give them? And what are the students' hopes and dreams for what they get out of being associated with Third Way?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think initially I thought we would be appealing to students who'd grown up in the Mennonite tradition and were coming to a large state school and trying to find things that would remind them of home. Uh, That hasn't really been the case. Uh, In fact, most Mennonite students that I talk with are looking for an opportunity to step away from their tradition mm-hmm. that they grew up in. They look at Penn State and see it as a way to um, you know, explore the world beyond their Mennonite community or their Mennonite church. And so really uh, aligning with a Mennonite campus ministry for most Mennonites just hasn't worked out to be what they're looking mm-hmm. for. Uh, So we've had to sort of adjust on the fly and figure out, okay, if that's not gonna be our critical mass, who is? And what it's ended up being is students from a whole host of uh, religious traditions who are hungry for ways to wrestle with current issues, wrestle with current peace and justice issues while keeping their faith, whatever that is, at the center. And so we're finding that students who are showing up are coming from uh, all walks of life, all, all traditions, uh, and they're coming because we're providing them with a space that their particular tradition is not currently offering, and they're kind of willing to put up with the fact that I'm a Christian pastor or a Mennonite <laughs> because I provide them with a space to wrestle with those things. It's been interesting to see that dynamic, and I think because we we sort of set ourselves up with the posture that everyone is welcome, it means that we're not uh, we there's no need to turn someone away at the door mm. if they don't fit in with with yeah. our ideology or something like
0: that. Mm. So what what do the students hope to get out of it? Like, what are the students maybe working on?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, too. I I guess it's probably somewhat different for everyone. I think a lot of them are looking for a place to belong. There is uh, this weird dynamic at Penn State where you can be uh, alone in a sea of 46,000 students. I think a lot of students that we work with, specifically because of our call to peace and social justice, we're standing up next to marginalized communities on campus mm-hmm. so the students who have found us have often been ones who have felt marginalized either through their racial or religious identity or their sexual identity um, there and so they're coming from a space of vulnerability seeking for uh, a way to be uh, affirmed in who they are or to uh, to just simply belong to something mm-hmm. um, they're they're all i think most students are trying to figure out how they're gonna identify themselves and if you've ever been at Penn State's involvement fair that takes place in the week uh, that school begins there's all these like people walking around with kind of terrified looks on their face like <laughs> how am I gonna define myself while I'm here at this massive pace and so yes. our hope is that we can create something that's gonna provide people with a sense of identity um, and and through that sort of building community also then send them back out into the world Our uh, the core sort of values that that were developed before i even arrived as third way collective was being launched was to explore apply and reflect mm-hmm. and um so we're, we're hoping we can bring students in make them feel like they connect and belong have them wrestle with the sort of peace church tradition or the justice movements in the world the call to faith and, and then have them actually make it practical, go back out into the world and make a difference. um, Whether that's in a small way with their friendship circle, uh, on a sort of community level through some kind of service, or in wherever they find themselves going out after Penn State to connect with the world in that way.
0: Very nice, yeah. I I don't remember going to the involvement fair (laughs) when I started at Penn State, but I'm also an introvert, and so the idea of going into a a space like that with all of those people just it was so overwhelming. I would have been the one looking terrified, not because of how I would identify or define myself, but just because of all the people. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many people here.
1: And they all want a piece of you too. (laughs) That's a scary thing too as well. (laughs) Especially for someone at the table. You know, I'm standing there kinda like (laughs) trying to play it cool. Like I don't really need all the students in the world, but I really do. (laughs) And yeah, it's a it's a strange, strange place.
0: Interesting. Yeah, just yeah. somewhat uncomfortable nature for everyone. For everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good yeah. for you that you keep doing it. Because yeah. that's one way that people find out. Yeah, you know, absolutely. About Third Way Collective and what's happening. and.
1: <laughs> yeah, and word of mouth is huge as well. Although uh, we're learning, I think, because we're aligning with a lot of students who feel marginalized, it can be a challenge uh, for those students who have felt alienated or alone to go out then and, and recruit more people. I mean, yeah. there's a sense mm-hmm. of vulnerability just in joining, but then there's this other piece of vulnerability of going back out then to to try and connect with others who might find uh, the space uh, valuable. But it happens and it's happening in really powerful ways too. We had a, a poster up last year that had um, Penn State's Rainbow Paw saying that we are mm-hmm. an organization that's uh, affirming of LGBT individuals. And there was a student who uh, grew up in the Christian tradition who reached out to me to say, you know, for the four years I've been at Penn State, I have thought that to be a Christian on this campus meant that you were against LGBT people. And seeing the paw print on your uh, poster made me realize I could actually re-embrace my Christian tradition. And I thought how interesting that was that um, this particular person was, um, really felt like they couldn't claim the identity that they had Mm. because of the way that it was being uh, perceived on campus. Um,
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so it happens in lots of different ways how people get connected and find us.
0: awesome. So you talked a lot about um, how Third Way is focused on, or has come to be focused on, peace and justice ministry. Mm -hmm. So if you could, for those of us who didn't grow up in the Mennonite tradition, what is peace? To the
1: Mennonites. Yeah, it's a great question. It's probably a little like asking what is peace to any other tradition. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably going to be slightly biased because I'm one person, not uh, an entire denomination yeah. answering. But, but the Mennonite Church, Mennonite I did. University, yeah. so. I should be able to give a collective <laughs> response, right? Um, the Church grew out of the Reformation movement, and one of their very early core values was a commitment to nonviolence so choosing to um not take up arms in military action and uh throughout uh Mennonite Church's history, they have been uh conscientious objectors during times of war and drafts um and including my own family members uh I have stories that have been passed on to me about uh you know great-great-grandfather who was, uh, uh, you know, sort of targeted in his community as a sort of weak-minded person because he wouldn't serve his country. Uh, His truck was painted yellow, uh, you know, yellow-bellied kind of an idea. Mm. And uh, and that's sort of the part of of my tradition that, that has shaped me deeply, I think, Mennonite churches today, uh, whether they are progressive or conservative, would still almost across the board have a fairly strong commitment to peace. How they live that out is done in different ways. Mm -hmm. There would be some churches who would say, we condemn all forms of violence. There would others who would say, you know, we really want to lean into, say, uh, veterans ministries or, or, or receiving veterans as they come home. There would be others who would say, you know, we think nationalized military is wrong, but we really want to affirm local peacekeeping. And so uh, we want to be a church where police officers are welcomed. So it really does run a pretty broad mm-hmm. spectrum of what peace means. Uh, we here at Third Way Collective see peace as more of a personal choice. Uh, the third way representing uh, a, when you're faced with a decision between sort of fight or take flight to consider what a third option might be, um, <clears throat> trying to solve problem solve without resorting to violence or resorting to fleeing the the scene. And uh, those aren't really easy things, they aren't always uh, things you can quickly quantify, but that's sort of the impetus that we're calling students to. And uh, it, it seems like a really fitting time, especially in the wake of the election and feeling like our country is maybe more divided than it's ever been, to be empowering students to think about alternatives to the division that we're facing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, that is a great lead into my next question. How do you encourage your students to embody peace?
1: Yeah, well, I said early on that a lot of what we do is about creating spaces for people to belong. And so, I think it starts initially with the uh, programs and connecting points that we're offering. So much of what we do on campus is about getting people around the table for conversation. Mm-hmm. And that does two things. One, it makes them, it it makes them enter into a space where it feels naturally comfortable, just like your childhood dinner table or something like that. It's a space where everyone's voice can be heard and it's a space where um, we're all equals around the table. Um, Once you enter into that space, you also feel like you're a part of a movement. And so, yeah, excuse me. It's a way to sort of create peace and then to hope that that goes out from that place and, and, And works out beyond that Uh, we've tried to be fairly inclusive of of different traditions and different ways of thinking Uh, but I will say that being a group that stands with marginalized groups often means that we are sort of pigeonholed as a progressive kind of of faith and I think a somewhat unfortunate side effect of that is that often more conservative minded folks uh, don't see us as a place where they would be able to belong uh, especially Mm -hmm. if you are more conservative on things like lgbt inclusion or if you if you think that the black lives matter movement is uh, you know misguided or something Mm -hmm. like that Um, we have chosen to posture ourselves in a certain way and i think that unfortunately means that uh, some students may not see us as a place where they would be Mm -hmm. safe Uh, we're trying to figure out what to do about that reality because i think we, in order to find sort of third way solutions, we need all those voices at the table, uh, regardless of whether they're conservative or or progressive. uh, And we need to be talking with each other. I don't know if that helps answer the question in the way you were thinking, or if you have a follow-up.
0: Yeah, um, I think the work that, Is done on college campuses in this regard has a really strong potential to influence what happens around the country Mm. Uh, because colleges and universities are typically much more progressive uh, in terms of their philosophy or religion or, you know, whatever it might be than much of rural America. Sure. And so there's, Penn State is really interesting in that because we are literally in the center right. of the state, um, surrounded by communities that are fairly conservative, mm-hmm. um, and I- yet when when students get here, there's you know all kinds of different things that come up yeah. for them that they never considered, and so to be able to create those spaces with with all the different voices, mm-hmm. is something that's really valuable.
1: Yeah, and really challenging. And I, th- I think because of Penn State's history as a, a land grant institution, and, and still having very, very strong programs in things like forestry or agriculture, mm-hmm. we're drawing a cross section that I think is probably pretty, uh, uh, pretty accurate representation of the division in our country too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Centre County as a whole does vote generally democrat but um but our campus especially the student body feels uh really all over the spectrum mm. in terms of its political discourse uh, there was just as adamant uh you know vocally adamant student groups uh supporting trump as there were for clinton in this mm. recent election and and trying to get those kinds of uh seemingly divided groups to come together is is a real challenge It's something i should say in our first 2 plus years on campus stuff that we have done with other organizations has been so much more meaningful than the things that we've tried to take on on our own mm. that has shown me a lot about the power in in building bridges across um uh some of our you know ways that we that we create groups um early on we had a an event called a peacemaker tour where we invited a group called raw tools to come and share with us. Uh, They're an organization that takes guns off of the street and turns them into garden tools Mm -hmm. as a way to sort of practically and modernly um, wrestle with the swords into plowshares kind of scripture. Uh, And we co-hosted that, Third Way Collective did, with uh, about half a dozen other organizations uh, from the Christian tradition. And it was so much more meaningful and wonderful to have a swath of the faith tradition Um, there together than it would have been had just say uh, my students or the Mennonite Church shown up. I think it it just made the whole thing better. Uh, Same thing was this past spring. We did a Peace Walk on Palm Sunday, the first annual, uh, we're hoping annual Palm Sunday Peace Walk in State College. We stopped at five or six locations in our town where people are working for peace and i think we counted about uh 15 congregations who participated in that in the very first one and it was made so much more meaningful and valuable i think to have people collaborating together rather than trying to say we are right and you're wrong or our opinion is the the more valid one and yours isn't it was Mm -hmm. it was it was a posture of um sensitivity and tolerance to the many voices that were present in that miss and i think We've lost some of that, especially in our political discourse. Um, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Facebook is not a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for many people. <laughs> yeah, right. So, with you bringing up the the idea that having a broader segment of the Christian or even ecumenical right. interreligious um, population has been really meaningful. Do you see in your campus ministry that designations are less and less important mm. to people like the students especially?
1: I think so uh, I do also think that um, there are some students who are very cautious about how they define themselves so i think I think actually a good thing about calling it third way collective and not. Mennonite Student ministry, and aside from the fact that you know primarily only Mennonites would be interested, is that the religious labels that are out there are are um, so loaded that mm-hmm. that there 's a lot of caution about defining yourself in a certain way and um, and i don 't think that 's unique to christianity i 've talked to uh, students from the Muslim tradition who are like, you know i just can 't necessarily connect with Muslim Student Association, for instance, because I want mm-hmm. to sort of be Still able to move in a lot of different spaces, and and I think if you sort of out yourself as a Christian, that also means that you can't necessarily move in in a number of spaces on campus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it, the labels are changing, as are uh, sort of how people use them, and uh, that makes this world, this work, uh, that much more challenging. I will say too, kind of the the blessing in disguise of how dangerous labels have become is that. I am working with students from a whole host of traditions who don't really care so much anymore about about labels. So like in the wake of the election, I had a Muslim student reach out to me who actually is actively a part of Muslim Student Association. But he sees me as a friend and an ally, in my mind at least, maybe even his pastor, although he'd probably not use that term. But he saw me as a safe person to seek out, to talk about some of the things he was wrestling with post-election uh, mm-hmm. and and that's really powerful. I don't know that he will ever describe himself as a Third Way Collective student or as a Christian, um, but to me that's not really the point. It, we're building a relationship, we know each other, um, we're willing to work for, for peace and for the greater good and that seems to me more important than any of those labels would be. Hmm.
0: Have you had a lot of students come to you in wake of the election um, expressing fear and
1: yes um i think i think because of the segment I work with is probably skewed mm-hmm. uh towards marginalized groups uh specifically groups during the election process that had been um uh, i don't know made a bit more vulnerable mm-hmm. by comments about immigration or or um religion or mm-hmm. l g b t minorities i have felt uh very very much uh alive in my pastoral role, a couple of colleagues have been talking with me about how it feels a bit like working during a funeral. Like um, mm-hmm. we are doing the most important kind of pastoral work that we can do or that we could imagine doing, but it's with this sort of sense of heaviness uh, uh, because the people that we're working with are really in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially of uh, the LGBT community right now, where are uh, during the week of Thanksgiving is when we're recording this, A lot of the students I've talked with have had uh, parents and family members say, um, you know, we're thinking about you a lot for your sake and for the sake of uh, our family. We want you to be home at Thanksgiving, but maybe don't go to the larger family Thanksgiving gathering because it's just such a tense time politically right now. Mm. Um, And to to be in that space with them and to try and offer them some love and support in the midst of that kind of a painful thing is really powerful Uh, and um, yeah it's a shame that as a pastor I have to wait for something like that to feel really vibrant and alive in my work but I uh, but I feel really privileged to be able to lean in in those times and offer an alternative kind of space for those students Mm
0: what else would you like to tell us about Thursday? <laughs>
1: well, in addition to working with other groups, uh, helping to get collaborative initiatives started, I think has been a really powerful part of my ministry so far. So early on um, in my time at Penn State, the Black Lives Matter protests started happening. And uh, out of that came a community initiative called Campus and Community in Unity that was made up of local law enforcement and local clergy and some Penn State faculty and staff recognizing that um, State College actually has a lot of the same characteristics as some of the cities where violence has erupted. They're a, a community that's growing in its diversity, and yet they're policed almost entirely by white uh, police mm-hmm. officers. And so CCU, or Campus Community in Unity, was started as a response to where we find ourselves. and. Um, you know getting in on the ground floor for initiatives like that has been a really powerful way to for me to meet other people in the community who are working for the same kinds of things who care about peace, who understand that faith is a part of this and uh and needs to be there and and it's been really powerful um, We've also started an organization called uh, Learning to Live What's Your Story that was started by uh someone named uh Jackie Hook, who is a works at Coke Funeral Homes. And uh, Christian Brady, uh, Christian and Elizabeth Brady, who uh, Christian had been on campus for many years. and They lost their son um, at a very young age, uh, very tra- tragically. But that group was started to create spaces for people who are hurting to talk about what it means to be grieving and going through loss and to find healing in the midst of that brokenness. Um, spaces like CCU and, and Receiving with things, uh, Learning to Live What's Your Story are. Are really powerful because they're they're bigger than me, they're bigger than my organization, and they they have an an, an ability to reach a huge audience of people, and um, it, it yeah it helps my work uh, be uh, supported uh, and and gets me into spaces where I probably wouldn't be as a pastor if if I was just trying to do this all by myself, yeah.
0: So when you have these. Um these discussions and uh, I'll call them encounters,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where do you do them? Are they on campus? Uh, are they hosted by University Mennonite? Are you looking for other space?
1: Yeah, um, most of what we do is done on campus, although we try not to only occupy a single space. I do have office space in Pascarilla in the Spiritual Center but there is a certain segment of Penn State student body that will not go into that building because of, you know, they just don't want to associate with organized religion. So we uh, have had a, a small prayer and meditation gathering that meets in the spiritual center, um, but we also do conversation groups in the hub, for instance. We have a, a pizza and movie night once a month in the hub and have, have done some other projects there as well. To sort of create uh, spaces in the center of the campus community. And then we do some off campus stuff as well. Uh, people from our supporting congregation host students in their home for uh, weekly meals, home cooked meals. Uh, again, gathering around the table in a sort of familiar space to talk about what's on our hearts and minds seems to be working uh, well. And it gets people connected with uh, adults who may be allies and mentors in their mm-hmm. lives. Um, And that's really powerful to see. We also are trying to head into spaces that people don't expect us to be like, uh, we do a grad student pub night at Otto's um, Mm -hmm. as a way to sort of say, you know, even in uh, uh, a brewery essentially, uh, people can be talking about faith and wrestling with their faith and what it means to be uh, engaging significant issues in our world around us. And then beyond all of that, beyond the sort of traditional programming stuff, we're trying to do things that are outside of the box. Uh, in other ways. So like we have a weekly podcast called the Peace Signs Podcast that uh, highlights five-minute stories of peace, justice, and faith from the Penn State community. And we do this as a way for students to have a thing that they can connect to that doesn't require a specific time and location for them to show up at. They can still engage the stories of their community, and we hope if they are a person of faith, they can feel like their world is a little bit more connected because there are other people out there struggling with some of these same issues. Um, and then hopefully engage with us uh, at another time. And and being out there as a kind of advocacy group, a place where people feel like they belong and then can go out into the world, means that we really try and be an active presence at uh, protests and organizing that's done on campus as well as collaborative community events things like the interfaith thanksgiving that pascarilla does or um, conversation panels we want to be out there and we want to be involved and and uh, we hope that by casting a really wide net with all of those various different things uh students will so- find us somehow mm-hmm. and uh and at least start hearing of us um, we reached the point of our two-year birthday and looked back and saw that we had been a part of Uh, more than 200 events and activities in our first two years, and while some of me wants to sort of celebrate that and say how wonderful that was, I also feel like the pendulum has swung too far towards the programmatic side of things, and I want to be a campus pastor who's able to be present with people for coffee, for lunch, um, meet them where they are instead of asking them to Show up at a specific place that I am. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm hoping in my third year that I will lean more towards a ministry of presence rather than a ministry of uh, over programmed kind of busyness.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, the trappings of ministry. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: In some ways, it becomes a crutch, right? Like you can show off your calendar and say, Mm -hmm. this is how active we are. It's a little harder to explain uh, why you spent two hours of your day sitting in a coffee shop with a student, even if they have a really significant thing that they're going through Mm -hmm. and need that sort of pastoral counseling in their lives. um, Your supporters will want to see the former, not the latter, uh, Mm -hmm. even though they they probably buy into it. Um, So, yeah, it, it is a tricky dance that we do, but I think it's important work to be tackling.
0: Are there ways that... You know if say someone's listening to this podcast and they do live in the state college area and but aren't a student, yeah, are there ways that adults can get involved?
1: Yeah, well, one of the biggest things is to spread help us spread the word so um it is a great comfort to get a follow on Twitter, a like on uh, Facebook um, or on Instagram and Tumblr as well, and uh YouTube and iTunes. If you are following us there and sharing what we're up to, that helps people get to know who we are and what we're about. Um, but absolutely, I think one of the neat things about Third Way Collective is that it is a collective that people can connect with in whatever way they see meaningful. So if you see something that you think you might be interested in, uh, advertised through our, one of those channels uh, or a website through our, ca- our calendar there, and you show up, you're a part of it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really wonderful. Um, we do always need hosts for our Home Cooked Meal series, and we need adults to show up at things like our pub night and be hanging out with students who are struggling with different aspects of their lives and to say, I've gone through this as well, and it it does get better. Um, we need those people to be present with our students as well. Uh, we're also looking for congregations or individuals who are able to support us financially. Our church is small. It's about 70 people on a Sunday morning. Mm. And while I think they're heavily invested in making sure that this uh, continues to exist, we need uh, individual contributions as well to make sure that we are sustainable into the future.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, the fundraising. Absolutely. And development. And it's not just fundraising. right? For you, it seems very much a way of how can I connect with the greater region and the greater community and how can we make an impact and how can we work together
1: it's about telling the story as well i've been saying um, that i i hope that we encourage religious organizations to think more about peace and social justice and i hope we encourage justice organizations to think about how the faith community should be coming alongside of them and if we are accomplishing those two things uh, then there's really no need to have third-way collective existing anymore you know i think i think we can figure out a way to um, empower the community and and then i can close up shop and do something else right (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah if we plant these seeds and they go out from here and they happen in other communities i think that's such a wonderful thing as well if we can get a network going um, that supports itself i think that'd be really Mm -hmm. cool
0: So one other question, how can the average person take steps towards bringing peace into their home or community? Hmm.
1: I think that's uh, really what it all boils down to. I think it is about finding those third way solutions, things uh, in our daily lives where we have this choice of fight or flight and actually saying, saying to ourselves, maybe there's a third alternative here, stepping beyond the sort of divisiveness that we are are doing to ourselves right now. You're, you mentioned social media and the way that uh, for the first time in uh, civilization, we know more about our neighbors maybe than ever, but it also allows us to just pick the people who are most like us to hang mm-hmm. out with. I think you can step outside of that and create, space, uh, create peace by getting to know your neighbor who mm-hmm. you know has a um, A political party sign in their front lawn that's different than yours um, but you get to know them anyway uh, because that helps build peace Um, yeah it starts in small ways Uh, we we've been a part of a group that has printed a bunch of signs that say uh, no matter where you're from we are glad you're our neighbor in Spanish English and Arabic Mm. and people are starting to put these signs up around town in a very very small simple way they're creating peace in their neighborhoods by telling their neighbor, um, we're glad you're here.
0: That's really interesting. That's a cool idea. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's so simple.
1: So simple, it's subtle, but like ours has been up for a couple of weeks and already we've had neighbors walk by and say, hey, can I I get a sign too? Or um, I'm so glad that you all are in our neighborhood because I feel better just by seeing that sign. Mm They have no idea who we are. We could be awful people. <laughs> but, but something about just that simple word has made them feel um, more connected to their community.
0: I read a book recently called The Art of Neighboring. Oh, wow. Um, and it, its primary goal, I think, really was to get individuals to know the neighbors around them, like mm-hmm. the nine neighbors that surrounded their house um, or condo or, you know, yeah. apartment or whatever. And it encouraged people to, I guess, have block parties mm-hmm. or, you know, the holiday party and, and be intentional about inviting your neighbor. And the book gave lots of different, I'll say, testimony or um, examples of how it created a unique community from going out and just knowing the nine neighbors around you. Um, And that's what your sign reminds me of. It's kind of like a a first introduction to say, hey, we're happy, you know, we here who are living in this house or this space are happy that you're here regardless of where you're from. Yeah. And hopefully we can build relationships and community from that.
1: And it spreads out from there, right? Mm -hmm. Especially at moments where I think on a global scale we feel like there's very little that we can do to implement Mm -hmm. change. Um, To make a difference in our neighborhood that might spark someone else to do something similar, I think can only be good. Mm -hmm. It can only only translate outward, I think. Mm -hmm. That's my hope anyway.
0: I have been to Thailand three times uh, for different mission work and that those trips to me were really transformational in terms of realizing that you can go literally halfway around the world and yet people are the same.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, what you're talking about with the media and, and all that divisiveness having an organization that brings people together to say look we're all struggling with the same things we're all yeah. we're all literally in the same boat it mm-hmm. just happens to be you know hurtling through space at a gazillion <laughs> miles an hour And right. you know we're we're in this together and if there's a way to to foster that through community through creating space that's a wonderful way to do it.
1: Boy, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> There's something powerful too about being at a campus that claims to have one of the largest alumni networks in the world, mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. that we're influencing that huge, huge web uh, it gives me chills. Uh, I don't know how big of an impact we're actually making, but my hope is that some, and maybe that some will turn into a bigger ripple and an effect mm-hmm. beyond ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is the largest <laughs> yeah. network indeed. My brother and his wife, well, family, they live up in the Boston area. Yeah. And, you know, the, I don't know what their alumni association was called, if it was, you know, the Boston PSU alums or whatever. But, you know, they would like take over bars, yeah. you know, on Saturday afternoons yeah. to watch football or, yeah. you know, get together. And yeah. Mm hmm we are everywhere everywhere yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and if we can sow some seeds of peace into that um, mm-hmm. it'd be cool to watch it yeah. take off
0: yeah. is there anything else you'd like to share
1: just thank you so much for this opportunity um yeah you can find third way collective and like i said most social media spaces and we're always looking for new uh, ideas and insights as well if you think you have an idea that would help us Uh, move forward, impact a bigger group, or um, take on a new kind of project, we'd love to hear it.
0: Awesome. Well, for all of you who are listening, you can look into our show notes, and we'll have Ben's contact information along with the website and some links to Facebook and Twitter. So as always, thank you for listening, grace and peace, and have a happy Thanksgiving.